My name is Melissa Gearing and I am the Naked Naturopath. Hi everybody and thanks so much for tuning in again. So in my first podcast I touched on the idea of food as medicine and herbs as medicine. Herbs are something that I'm really passionate about and I really want to come back to that but medicine um, at the moment, the interest in, in food as medicine at the moment is, is really quite strong so I want to um, continue to have that conversation and finish off the second half of the my first ever podcast. So. Um, this is a, you know, the idea of food as, food as medicine is a really abstract concept for some people and then for others it's this really well-known one. But let me ask you, have you ever thought about the plate of food in front of you being more than just something to do or something to eat or something that we all do because it's normal? Have you ever thought that it was more than fuel, more than sustenance, that there was more to breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks? And then, have you ever read what is in some of the packages in your pantry? Have you ever thought, what the hell is that? But shrugged your shoulders and kind of um, poured it into your food anyway? <laughs> you know, I don't really care where you are on your food journey, and it doesn't matter where you are on your health journey to me either. It matters that you are interested and that you're listening into this podcast, because obviously something's caught your eye in what I do and what I talk about it and, you know, how how I come, come at health and... and um, that kind of thing. So I love that you're here and I want to share with you, you know, some of my insights and actually some of my frustrations as well that I see and hear in my clients every day. And they're only frustrations because they don't serve my clients and, and that, that makes me angry because my clients have sometimes put in effort where they do not get, you know, a, a good response. So when people start on this journey, they're always super excited. I see them, you know, they listen to podcasts, they go to talks, they even sign up for courses that people run for the general public. They start learning how to read labels and realise that half the food in their supermarket is made just like pharmaceuticals. It's loaded with pesticides, fungicides, herbicides, synthetic, you know, um, chemicals and, uh, God, numbers, really. And they then move away from the supermarket. They find a local farmer's market and start buying fresh food, organic, where they can. And you know what, most of the time they really start feeling better. And then they see a difference in their family as well and their partner. They become a bit more energetic, a bit more clearer in their head and they start to see change and feel change. So they want to learn more. So they continue on this journey. However, at some point they become overwhelmed. You know, like people start to feel like no matter what they do, they can't get it right. And then suddenly you just feel defeated. This has happened to me. Has it happened to you? I want to know. Um, what did you do? You know, like I see people, they feel like they can't win this war against food. <laughs> and, you know, in everyday life, they think that it, these decisions are too hard and it's too difficult to learn these concepts, which, by the way, have taken me years of study. You know, at the end of this year, I hope to have two separate advanced diplomas and a bachelor degree if I pass, fingers crossed. So this has taken me years and, and many um, undertakings with learning, you know, like uh, sophisticated learning, like a bachelor degree, you know. So don't feel bad. But what happens is that 
when we get a obsessed kind of you know and and stressed and overwhelmed and we're thinking about the quality of every single food that we eat we become exhausted you get tired of fighting you know the kids grandparents not to give your children toxic laden food <laughs> fighting your children as they really want to eat it and it starts to become expensive you're spending a lot of time researching maybe even studying which costs a fortune because you know, what we want to learn isn't at universities, nor is it covered by HEX. And then you find yourself back at the supermarket with a trolley housing some fresh fruit and vegetables, some meat, but a shitload of boxes, packets, cryovacs, tubs, cans, plastic wraps, and whatever else, you know, we pick up because we're tired. And these things are at our fingertips, and often they're cheaper. So, like I said, I've been here. Over the years, I've felt defeated and given up many times. I had to take a good year off in between studying and, and starting to practice because I was so overwhelmed. I thought, how the hell can I make a difference? I'm one person. This industry is really hard work. So for me, not only do I have to you know, try and uh, voice everything that I've learned, put it into um, terms that people connect with and understand, but I have to sell myself. I have to you know, build a business and, and be good at business and be able to um, be able to make an income that I can live off so that I can continue to do this. This, this is me. I'm in it every single day. This is my job. So I want to, you know, kind of give you guys some relief and give you guys permission um, and tell you that it's okay to do the best that you can right now. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And you know I said it in my last podcast, so I do not believe that there's any 100% perfect diet. You're not ever going to know everything. And you don't have to go back to the supermarket trolley full of boxes. It's a journey. It's not something we learn overnight, and it's certainly not something that we can ever expect to know absolutely everything about either. I continue to learn every single day, sometimes from my clients, sometimes from listening to podcasts from other health professionals, you know, doctors, lifestyle coaches, people I work with, they inspire me so much and I learn, I learn something every single day from them. But what amazes me most and, and frustrates me about health is that I see people trying to do the right thing but um, giving up because, you know, they're either overwhelmed or they're not willing to take advice. And I understand possibly that people have been burnt by mainstream medical advice, and this can happen in our industry as well, but, you know, we can't all become naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists. I think at some point you have to choose who you trust and start taking advice from them. I encourage a critical mind in all my clients. I think, you know, I really want them to ask me why, because why have I got that idea? I'm not always right. I may have preconceived ideas about things as well. But I also want them to come to a point early on where they decide if they are willing to trust my advice or not. So the thing about food is we all have such autonomy over it. And this is something, this is a concept that I keep coming back to with food. Um, and I talk about it in my food as medicine uh, talk as well a lot. However, it's kind of become a curse. Our autonomy has become a curse because in some ways we... Uh, become obsessed with the best possible way to eat, like I said before. This doesn't exist, you know. There's no perfect diet for you and there's no perfect diet that's going to suit you, your husband and your three kids. If you're not already, I want you to start to look at the food on your plate as part of you. 
every single part of you is so individual. You know, there's nobody else like you out there. My, my husband's a twin and they are so far different from each other, <laughs> you know, and they have way more in common than um, me and my sister, you know, have a couple of years between us. But they're, they're twins, but they're still so different. I want you to see food this way as well. And then I also want you to think of food as your skin, your eyes and your hair. If you want to look good, we have to look at food as what is contributing to that. If you're aiming for rock solid abs, I want you to think of food as your muscle. If you want to lose weight, I want you to think of food as your magic pill to weight loss. Because it is, really, along with exercise. <laughs> you can't discount that, but it is. I want you to think of food that, that you eat as kind of like an extension of what you are and what you want to achieve in your life and health. However, at the same time, I want you to find balance with this. I just sat with a friend at um, a coffee shop and I ordered a bit of cake, like this gluten-free cardamom cake that I love. And, you know, she said to me, um, have you got any brochures or flyers? Because everyone at work's really obsessed with their health at the moment. So she wanted some flyers to take in and be like, you know, this is what Mel does. And I said, yeah, for sure, like what's going on? And she said, somebody, you know, had had um, brought in some cans of soda, some cans of soft drink and put them in the fridge and, you know, you, you put a dollar in the kitty and, and you can have a soft drink whenever you feel like it. And somebody had got, you know, a bunch of tablespoons of sugar and put them in this bag and put a little um, note up, quite an aggressive note saying uh, that, you know, uh, what they were doing to their bodies, you know, this is what you're putting into bodies, this is what you're eating, sugar is poison and, and so on and so forth. And I talk about this judgment over food in, again, my Food as Medicine course and, you know, throughout the course of my practice as well, I, I deal with this a lot, the judgment that we have over the food that we eat um, and over what other people are eating. And I said to her, like, you know, I had a student who I sat with for lunch a couple of weeks ago and she said, aren't you worried that people are going to see you drinking coffee? And I said, no, because that's what I do. I drink coffee. I love coffee. I'll, I'll tell anyone that, you know. I think that what I'm trying to do is show that this is me, this is the real me, and this is what I do every day, and I want to practice what I preach. So I can sit down and have that bit of cardamom cake and eat beautiful, healthy food most of the time and still enjoy those things. So, you know, I think that we all just need to take a chill pill when it comes to food. However, still think of that food as an extension of yourself. For me, that cake is an extension of, you know, my happiness, feeling good. I'm having a bit of cake with my friend. It's all good. I, you know, I'd had some, um, I don't even know what I had, this homemade potato salad thing that I made before I went and um, some chicken. So for me, that cake is not, there's no feelings of guilt associated with that or you know eating outside of the box that I've created for myself no it's just a bit of cake so now look at you know now go back and look at your your own plates you know over the last few days what have they looked like were you looking at cryovac veggies you cooked in the microwave all soggy lost their color wilted on the plate are you looking at you know, takeaway, greasy takeaway pizza with tomato paste and deli meat and cheese? Or are you looking at this beautiful green salad with chicken or steak or, I don't know, something that, you know, I refer to as alive foods, which I'll talk to you more about over this time. But I want you to look back on those plates and think about how you feel. How do you feel when you look at that plate? We're inherently created to be attracted or repulsed by food. 
our ancestors knew when a food was poisonous, you know, by looking at it, by feeling it, by, you know, touching it and being familiar with that food. We often knew what to do to the food as well to make it not poisonous or make it edible. This is in our nature. You know, we are, we're made throughout evolution to be able to do this. However, what I think has happened is our nature has become altered by our environment. The food that we eat, um, you know, it's, it's become not food. It's associated with disease and unwell and general imbalance within our bodies. I believe and have seen in my clients that as they begin to find balance, they gravitate towards better food choices. Now, this is something that's really beautiful and, and rewarding to watch. Some people take a little more convincing than others, <laughs> but this just depends on how out of balance they are. How long have they been feeding their bodies with numbers, preservatives, words I, I can't even pronounce, and takeaways and soft drinks every single day? I don't know. The other thing that happens is they crave less sugar. They can't even eat it as a treat anymore. So let me tell you, with my cardamom cake, I got halfway through it. And then I just couldn't take another bite. I really enjoyed it, but it was too much sugar for me. Um, because what happens is your taste buds change. So this is something that I really touch on in one of my sugar talks, which you can go and grab on the website if you're interested in. But your taste buds change. They become overwhelmed by all the sugar. Have you had that experience, like where you go sugar-free or start to reduce sugar in your diet and then you go to a birthday party and, you know, or you go out for dinner or whatever and you think, I might have a piece of cake. And the decision is a decision. It's not a craving. So you have a couple of bites and then you go, oh, that was really good, but I can't have any more. The more sugar we eat, the more our sweet taste buds reproduce and the more we want to eat. The less you eat, the less you can literally handle. <laughs> So it's funny how you get to this point where you think you don't longer think of these things as treats. You know, you start to think of um, like I think of you know my homemade butter chicken as a treat, for example. Um, you just change what your idea of a treat is. Plus, you know what? They never really were treats. They were just something that we forced ourselves to like over time, and then we start craving from when we're growing up. And the mindset that we have that these are coveted foods is so out of balance, you know? So that's, you know, that's a whole nother talk. Plus, not to mention that sugar, you know, it sends impulses to our brain, but again, another podcast and in my sugar talk if you want to go further with that. So what the other thing, coming back to those clients, the other thing that happens is they start to shed excess fat. There's no pills, there's no powders, there's no magic wands. They just start to shed excess fat by eating real food and moving every day. And moving every day for me is something that's huge. My hubby's an exercise physiologist, he's a PT, he's a CrossFit coach. Moving is something that's really important to us and has had a huge impact on both of our mental health um, wellness journeys. So, you know, uh, we, we can talk more about that in another podcast. And if you have any questions, we're really open about that too, so you can ask us along the way. Um, and these people, they feel happy, they feel energetic, they feel motivated. So in this podcast, I want you to take my permission to accept that you do not need to know everything about food and natural medicine to start on this journey, to then continue on this journey, and then to succeed on this journey. Accept that you may need help, 
And please take my advice or someone else who is qualified to give you the advice that you trust. Let us do the hard work. We'll go to the seminars, we'll read the research on the loo every morning, and we'll be up at 11pm watching webinars on the complexities of you know, SNPs and methylation cycles and all this cool stuff that we get into. But that's my job. My hubby made a really good point the other day when I was chatting to him about this idea. And you know, he said that everyone thinks they need to be an expert to be healthy. It's something that happens in his industry as a PT as well. Um, and that this all or nothing mentality makes people quit on the journey because they feel overwhelmed and defeated. And he said simply that, you know, he did his tax online one year and he got $48 back. And then the following year, he was earning the same around, around the same amount of money and he went to an accountant. The accountant cost him over $300 for the half hour appointment, but he got $1,900 back. I think this is a great example of what you can get from a qualified herbalist or nutritionist who shares your philosophy on health. We are all different and we all practice differently, so you need to find somebody who suits you. But imagine getting 48% of the efforts that you put into your health for the year, trying to pull together little bits of information that you know on the topic and get, get you know, some results. But then you go and see a professional and get some specific advice for you and your goals and suddenly you start getting 1900% out of your efforts. I love it. Like, I think this is great. At the end of the day, I don't do the work for you. You know, I give you the tools, so you still have to work for it, but uh, you have some, some really specific advice and tools to use that suit you. So as promised, this is about food as medicine, not about me lecturing you. So coming off the back of my last podcast, if we start thinking of term, in terms of, you know, every single thing that enters our mouth is medicine, I think this is dangerous. I think that you have to remember that food should always be enjoyable. And one of the most fundamental things about food is the joy that it brings to your community and your family. And food really joins us and always has. Think of any celebration in your life and now think of the food that you had there. It'll come to you because that's how we remember things. That's how we, you know, get by. Um, there's no middle ground between using food as fuel that drives us and, and enjoying food when we look at it, what, what's getting recommended out there today. It's always all or nothing, you know. You have to, like the grapefruit diet, you have to have a grapefruit every day. Nobody enjoys a grapefruit for breakfast and this isn't necessary for weight loss. <laughs> you need to find a diet that suits you and serves you. As I said, this will come as you rebalance, as you find your vital health and, you know, that fire that just needs to be re-sparked within you starts to burn and flame. These... Two things, food as medicine and food as enjoyment, they'll meet in the middle. I truly believe that can happen because that's where my recipe book came from. You can check my recipe book out on my website, you can get a hard copy or an ebook, whatever you feel will suit your lifestyle better. But that for me is the one of the ultimate things in food and enjoyment coming together. Food and love, you know, for me, uh, food is a real passion and I love being in the kitchen. So that's where those two things really met for me and I could share it. You know, and people were excited, my clients were excited to get a copy of that book because they wanted to um, have, have that same passion in their food and, and share it with their family. So that was a really beautiful thing. So when we look at food, we're looking at a few things. We want it to be whole, real and alive. This is the key point that I'll make in this podcast today. 
what do I mean? I mean, ask yourself, every time you eat some food, can you still see the life in it? Does it have a beauty? Does it have a, a, a vital you know, force within it? I'm not talking about religion as in vital force. I'm, I'm talking about the food itself having an energy. Is it dead or is it alive? You'll start to feel what I mean as you look at food, you know? Does it have its color and its vibrancy and all its beauty still? Foods can be cooked. I'm not talking about eating raw food, as this is not how we've evolved to eat and digest food. I'm talking about the innate vital energy of food. We want this to be transferred to us. You know, if there's a ball of energy in every single food that we eat and, and every plate that we put together, then we want this to be transferred to us. We want this to be what what comes to us from that food. This is all the nutrition. This is, you know, all of the, the medicinal value. And every single real whole food that you eat is functional and is medicinal. Food as medicine isn't some, you know, um, out there term that means that, you know, we're going to start eating a certain way to get medicinal results all the time. It's making, as much as you can, making every single food that you eat and every single thing that you put in your mouth, whole, real food that is alive, that is functional and medicinal. One of my passions is to educate the community I live in, and you'll hear me say this over and over again, but I also think we need to recognise that there's a point where we need help. So this is where therapeutic nutrition comes into play, and there's a big difference between eating every day and therapeutic nutrition. Therapeutic nutrition is where you need a nutritionist to help you, guide you to reach certain goals. This is a short-term, short-term um, thing that you do. You know, you follow a certain plan for uh, an allocated amount of time to achieve a goal. And I think that therapeutic nutrition needs to be used with care and it needs to be, um, like I said, short-term. It can't be forever. And you cannot put your whole family onto therapeutic nutrition. This is dangerous. So, you know, I'll say it over and over again, there's a big difference between eating every day and therapeutic nutrition. So, yes, I'm here to educate you, but... Yes, I also think there's a point where you may need help. So I'll aim to give you guys as much information as I can, but it's all very general information. If you need specific health advice, then I want, I want to chat to you. So please, um, we can book Skype appointments. You can come into one of the clinics, um, whatever's going to suit you. I've brought up a lot of ideas and concepts in my first two podcasts to get your mind ticking over. But the aim of my podcast is to answer some of your questions. So get them in now. Email me, it's info at mgherbs.com.au with your questions so that I can answer them um, on my next podcast. I, I would love to do that. I really want to start um, communicating with you guys. And so if you want to find me, you can look at my website. It's mgherbs.com or you can follow me on Facebook. It's mgherbs Australia or on Instagram and that's at mgherbs Australia. I'm The Naked Naturopath. Thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. I really um, appreciate it and I hope to talk to you soon.